Hey everybody, welcome back to Sacred City Vision Drip. I'm happy to be sitting down recording this because it means my back gets a break from shoveling that very heavy snow that we had this week. Man, what a terrible week for my I've got a we got a pretty long driveway and so I've got a, a tractor mower big yard type thing and I got a snow plow on front of front of it. And uh, for whatever reason, it started last week, but when I went to start it this, the, this week for the snow, it did not work, so I was left doing it sort of the old-fashioned way. And then I uh, get to the church to run the snowblower on the sidewalks, and what do you know, snowblower breaks down. So that has been overall a bad week as it comes to snow removal and the wonderful machines God has given us to, to fix that. But that is irrelevant uh, for what we're talking about today, because uh, what we're doing today, we're going to continue on in this series, this mini-series that I started up on the last episode, um, talking about, well, the, the title of it is How to Destroy Your Church. And of course, again, right, this is a tongue-in-cheek sort of title, um, thing, common things that go on in the church that are destructive uh, to the life, to the health, vitality of the local church. And our goal here. Uh, at Sacred City, it, and I hope every Bible preaching church is to have a healthy, uh, healthy, thriving body of Christ. And in the pursuit of health, that entails both doing things that uh, behaviors that promote health while stopping activity that is counterproductive to that health. And uh, we're taking that same principle and moving it over into the church world. Um, and since the church is, is composed exclusively of sinners, sinners who have been redeemed by the blood of Christ, of course, uh, we have this tendency as sinners to bring unhealthy behavior into the church. And part of um, our discipleship is taking responsibility for our own sin um, and even the sins of others in discipleship and uh, identifying those sin t sinful tendencies so that we can put them to death and let the newness of life that Christ offers us uh, really come to the forefront. Um, and last week we talked about um, maybe the the granddaddy of them all, like the thing that that all of this um, could probably really fit underneath, and that was when we think of other people's sins as a bigger deal than our own. And there's that parable that Jesus teaches um, on the Sermon on the Mount of of the the friend or the neighbor who wants to address the splinter in his, his brother's eye, but he's got a log stuck in his own. And, and when we have this sort of arrogance, this pride when it comes to our own sin, and, and, and a lot of times that, that pride causes us to view our sin smaller and see the sins of other people as bigger, uh, then that can be a very destructive force in, in the life of the church. And it's only then, once we've taken the log out of our own eye, uh, when we've dealt with our sin uh, the right way through faith and repentance and receiving the forgiveness of God, that he gives us, uh, then we can help. Then we're in a position to humbly help others uh, take out that splinter of their eye uh, by speaking truth and love. So uh, we started there. And I basically just gave you a whole recap of that. I, I mean, if you didn't hear the last one, then maybe that that's is, is enough. Uh, but today we're gonna gonna carry on the conversation by bundling two distinct but delayed but related things together. Uh, and those two things are gossip and slander. Gossip and slander. Um, and, and honestly, this is one of the first things that my mind goes to in that passage in Galatians 5, uh, I think it's 5, 5.15, uh, 
where it says you've been called to freedom, therefore use your freedom um, to serve one another. Um, here's the fulfillment of the law is that you love one another as yourselves. And he says, be careful that you not bite and devour one another. And if you keep doing that, you're going to destroy um, yourselves. And so that's what my mind goes to right away, this biting and devouring. And I think it comes to like this nitpicky sort of, um, I don't know, it, it's like little bits of of destructive speech that eventually compile and, um, you know, lead to destruction. That's essentially what gossip and slander lead us to is tearing down one another. And we are called to build one another up in love, not tear others down. And one of the things that the scripture testifies to is the power of the tongue. Both, both gossip and slander relate to what we say. It's uh, the reality that your words matter and they have an effect. And gossip and slander deal with a misuse of words, or in other words, you could say um, they deal in the matters of unrighteous speech. Um, righteousness does not contain gossip nor slander. And the Bible teaches the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18. In fact, Proverbs is one of the places, if, if you want to learn about gossip and slander, that's a place to go because it's the whole point of the Proverbs is to give really practical, helpful wisdom and instruction in everyday life. And it comes up, these two things come up a lot. And Proverbs 18, 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death. It's, it's a, um, it is a powerful force. And like the rest of our body, um, it is, you know, as our bodies age and, and we get older, they start to break down. Um, that's the effect of sin kind of getting played out through the aging. It's not that you're, because you sin, you are aging. It's just part of the curse. Um, the same thing goes is that our tongues are, are corrupted by the fall, corrupted by sin. And one of the places that it's pointed to specifically is in, in the epistle of James chapter three verses 3 through 8, and actually it says even more beyond that about speech. But here's what it says in verse 3. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide them, we guide their whole bodies as well. So he's saying, hey, that one little rudder, that one little thing. Look at the ships also. They are they are so large and even dri driven by strong winds, yet they are guided by a very small rudder, whoever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is, is set among our members, uh, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. So you can see there's the connections to the fall, the sin, um, even what we saw with John chapter 8, where Jesus is talking to the Jews, and he says that uh, you, you are of your father, the devil, who seeks to steal and destroy and kill, and um, he's been a liar since the beginning, and you're acting like him. Um, in the same way that, that the tongue is corrupted by sin, and it keeps going on. Uh, verse 7, for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed, has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. Uh, uh, and then I missed a spot here, but it says, um, neither can salt pond yield fresh water. Sorry, I copied and pasted something, trying to make it easy for me, but it looks like I deleted the last line. You can go to the Bible yourself and read it up. That's verse 9, or verse 8, excuse me. 
Um, and so there you have it. The Bible teaches the power of the tongue, just like that little small rudder um, that can can propel a whole ship or rather direct a whole ship. Um, or, or even as the bridle in a horse's mouth controls the whole horse, um, the tongue is contains great power as well. Um, and so one of the things the Bible identifies is how this goes wrong, specifically with gossip and slander. And, and like I said, the Bible has a lot to say about uh, go- gossip and slander, and they are both painted in an unfavorable light in Scripture. It's not, it is not righteous conduct, it's unrighteous conduct. 2 Corinthians 12, 20 says, For I fear that it, perhaps when I come, I may find you not as I wish. So an undesirable situation, and that you may not find me as you wish, that perhaps there might be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. And so in Paul's eyes, this is stuff that he does not want to see in that in that hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, disorder is listed out. And, and, and what I would say to that is, is what he's showing us is that gossip— and slander are antithetical to the Christian life, that they, they are on, on different pathways, that if you were to live as a new creation, those, those two things, gossip and slander, among other things, would be uh, eliminated. Now, not only is it spoken of negatively or undesirably, it's, it's prohibited. It's something that Scripture, both in the Old and in, in New Testament, tells us not to do. Exodus 23.1 says, do not spread false reports. Um, that we'll get there, but that's kind of in the domain of slander. Um, Leviticus 19.16, do not go about spreading slander among your people. Um, There's other specific prohibitions to gossip and slander as well, Um, but it all gets summed up here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, where it says, do not let any unwholesome talk, which is what it would fall under the umbrella of, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And so there he's he's pointing to the fact that um, our, our tongues, though they're capable of great e- evil, they're uh, as they're redeemed by Christ, they are meant to uh, help build others up. It's supposed to be profitable speech, not unwholesome or unprofitable speech. Um, and I think he would say not only is it unhelpful, not only is gossip and slander unhelpful, but it's unwholesome. It's it's um, it is counterproductive to building one another up in truth and love. And and so the the disposition of the Christian should always be, um, I want to speak in a way that's going to build my brother and sister up. I, w- I want to say things that will be profitable. Now, that might mean there's a hard word in there, um, because if we're speaking truth and love, then, then the truth sometimes hurts. It's hard. It's hard to reckon with. Um, but it's ultimately there to build one another up. And so we should have this attitude where it's unacceptable um, to to gossip and slander or even participate in any kind of gossip and slander. And, uh, and, and the reason for this in Proverbs 26, 20, it says, without wood, a fire goes out. Um, without, sorry, I, I jumped ahead. Proverbs 26, 20 says, without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Now, part of, of our desire to, is to live at peace with one another in harmony with one another. Now, conflict and quarrels, uh, like I said, because we're sinners, we all are dealing with our own sin and the sin of other people's. It, it's going to come with the territory of living life closely with other people in the church. Um, and so it, it it's not that, um, I mean, we should we should only want to 
pick the right kind of fights. But these quarrels and conflict oftentimes get extended far beyond their lifespan um, by gossip. Gossip continues to add fuel to the fire. And and if we want to actually just move past that, if, if we want to deal with conflicts the right way, we must do it Christianly, which means that, that when someone sins against us, we confess our sin, we repent of our sin, um, we grant one another forgiveness, and then we let the issue die. We don't let it keep living on like some sort of zombie issue. Um, and, and gossip and slander has a way of extending uh, unnecessarily that that correlating the conflict. And so we should, in pursuit of wanting to live har- harmoniously with one another, um, get rid of that as much as we can and the Spirit convicts. And and then the other thing that we need to realize with this is isn't is that gossip and slander are not just a misfire of the tongue, it's a reflection of someone's character. Um, Proverbs 16, 28, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. So it's it's not just a misfire of words, it's an overflow of bad, unrighteous character that needs to be dealt with by faith and repentance. And as we do so, as we live into the new self, we see that these uh, unhelpful, um, unwholesome matters of speech start to uh, fade away and become less and less part of our our life. Um, now, I lump these two things together, gossip and slander, because they're related as far as speech goes, but the Bible actually gives some distinctions for us and sort of distinguishing gossip from slander because they're not necessarily the same. Um, let's start by looking at gossip specifically. And and here's the thing. In both of these, the Bible doesn't have like a glossary that tells you what these words mean. This is sort of like a collection or, or sort of a, a summary of the different passages and, and sort of um, addressing how we are to deal with gossip that indicates what gossip and slander are uniquely. Um, so gossip starts, uh, it, it tends to deal, um, well, here, let me do this. Uh, gossip, here's the definition I'll throw out of you. Um, gossip is sharing bad news behind somebody's back out of a bad heart. Um, other words, it, you could say it's bad speech from an unrighteous heart. Um, so what this could look like is it might be a, a true thing that gets shared, um, but it's ultimately shared in a way that's meant to reflect poorly um, on a person. Slander, on the other hand, tends to be false information or misrepresented intel, um, or you could say, here's a definition, an accusation maliciously uttered with the purpose of damaging someone's reputation. Um, now, typically, this is associated with a false charge. The Bible talks a lot, especially in the Old Testament, um, about how to deal with false charges and, and the se- severity of those things. Um, and so slander typically falls under the category of, of bringing forth a false charge, either a statement that is not totally true or misrepresents the truth in some capacity. Now, here, let me just summarize these distinctions for you. Um, I, you can break it down into three things, the content, the context, the intent, okay? So the content, gossip, like I said, tends to deal with with true things. You're, you're talking maybe about somebody's divorce and how things got unraveled, um, but it's happening. It's, it's bad talk that's happening behind somebody's back, um, and it comes from a bad place. It could be talking about um, how a kid got suspended from school. Now, it's true, like those, like divorce happened, um, that kid did get suspended. However, um, we're talking about those things 
we'll get to it, is, is the intent of those things. Um, now, the content of gossip may be true. Slander, on the other hand, tends to be false information uh, or misrepresented intel. Um, now, this can be, slander can be a straight-up lie. It's bearing false witness. It's telling uh, lies about somebody or... It can be caused by having a misunderstanding of the person uh, or of what they've said. And so this is like a, a kind of like the telephone game where somebody heard somebody say this and then that gets taken somewhere else and misconstrued or gets interpreted through that person's lens. And then that gets passed on and on and on and on. And so at the further goes down the line, like telephone, um, that that initial thing gets misrepresented or contorted in a way that misrepresents the original intent of of that person or uh, of what they did or what they said. Now, the next thing that differentiates slander from gossip is the context. Um, now, this isn't always the case, but gossip tends to be more secretive. Um, it's something that's going on in the background, hoping that the subject of the conversation doesn't hear. This is why it's it's um, bad talk um, from a bad heart behind the backs of somebody else. Um, it tends to be more secretive, hoping that that person fi- doesn't find out that you had been talking about them. Slander, on the other hand, tends to have uh, the more public facing. It's 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 um, because the intent is to destroy somebody um, or, or malign their character. Um, it's a lot of times it's it's conveyed in a more public setting, whether that's you know through the media, um, which is you know something that that even. Um, Let's see. In our country, it's something that's prohibited um, in courtrooms, um, but it could be said in a public setting or a lot of times these conversations can happen in the shadows, hoping that the information gets out and spreads abroad. And so the context between gossip and slander oftentimes varies. Um, And then also the intent. Um, Gossip, I think gossip, I don't know. it's hard to exactly pin this down, but I would say a lot of the times gossip doesn't necessarily mean to hurt somebody else, at, le- at least not directly, not in the same way that slander does. Um, gossip, what it wants to do is put the spotlight on somebody else and somebody else's problems in a way that excludes you from scrutiny. It, it redirects the attention in a way that say, hey, l- listen to what's going on with this person, but don't pay attention to to what I've got going on. And, and a lot of times, um, if you read through the pastoral epistles, um, it talks about how the, the gossip oftentimes is issued from a busy body. Um, somebody who has these busy body tendencies of getting over involved in other people's problems without having any intent of trying to fix them or offer a solution. And, and I think a lot of times the busy body tendency is motivated by trying to make yourself feel important, um, by having the inside scoop on somebody else, right? So you got this hot news and you want to get it out and it makes you f- feel or look important. The fact that you have this information that this other person doesn't have. Um, and so it, it's a way of sort of um, promoting self in in sort of a, a way that that ultimately can bring harm. Um, but here's the thing about gossip too that that we need to be careful of is um, a lot of times gossip can be shared under the guise of care and concern for that person. you know like um, and this is one of the reasons why, and we have our uh, our guidelines for our missional community as far as just general 
um, rules that we try to abide by and, and keeping what's shared in missional community in missional community. It's not information that needs to get out into the world, into the church. Um, we try to keep it localized within a specific context where, one, that person is present, and two, those people actually have a direct link to that person to be able to offer help and solutions and encouragement uh, so they can get out of whatever bad predicament they find themselves in. And so a lot of times, you know, I, I think that, that that is a good thing in the right context to be able to bring up people's issues and process and and counsel. Um, but sometimes when the context is messed up and that person is detached from the, the conversation, the person who the conversation is about, um, it's there. It's not really being issued out of a genuine care and concern for that person because you're not actually going to them and talking to them, uh, and so rarely are uh, real solutions offered, um, and they're definitely not given to, to the relevant parties in the situation of gossip, slander. The intent of slander. Uh, is more destructive in nature. It's more malicious. You're intentionally trying to damage somebody's reputation, make it so other people view them uh, through a lens of skepticism or um, mistrust or whatever it might be. Um, and, and so those two, gossip and slander, have different intent. Now, again, there's a lot of overlap because both damage, damage is happening in both situations. Um, but the reason why Scripture has such strong prohibitions for gossip and slander is because it's dangerous. It's dangerous to the life, vitality of the church because by nature they are destructive ways of speech. And, and what makes it even more dangerous is that gossip and slander have, have a tendency to feel good in the moment. The moment that the gossip or slander is getting aired out, it might feel like you're, you're hitting the, the pressure release valve for a moment. Um, in fact, this is what Proverbs 18.8 says, the words of gossip are like, like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. And so it's like kind of like starting to eat a bag of M&Ms, right? You, oh, I'm just going to have a couple M&Ms. And before you know it, you just devoured the whole bag, right? And, and so in the same way, gossip and slander are like those cho- choice morsels. Now, the thing that it says here, it goes down to, to in your inmost parts. It just means that something sinful and destructive gets lodged in your heart. So not only is it bad for the person who's speaking, not only is it bad for the person who's being lied about or being spoken about in an unfavorable way, it's bad for the person who's listening because it plants these seeds of sin, of gossip, it's slander in the other person. So it's it's destructive. All uh, Every member involved in that conversation is going to face some sort of deal with um, uh, some kind of destructive tendencies that are going to take place with that. Now, not only are they like choice morsels, but a lot of times gossip and slander is like wildfire. It spreads. It, r- it runs rampant. This is kind of what James is talking in James 3. It's like a wildfire. And once once it gets out, um, not not only can it spread fast, but it's hard to get it back in the tube. It's hard, like toothpaste. You know, you get toothpaste out. It's not going back in unless you're skilled at it. You know, uh, I guess that, that this pertains to toothpaste because I've got it back in every once in a while. But, you know, you put out a glob, you ain't getting that whole glob back in. And so once that gossip slander gets out, it, it's out now. And now it's got to get dealt with in a, in a the appropriate way, um, which a lot of times breeds more heartache and hardship and conflict, and it's just very unfavorable. It just creates more bad things down the road. Now, gossip and slander, destructive, bad things come out of it. 
Um, we've talked about the difference, but but let me let me kind of pinpoint why I'm talking about this here in our context, and, and this applies not not only to our context but far beyond. Um, you know how small towns are known for having a higher level of gossip, specifically slander, probably too, but but gossip, yes. There's always in small towns. I grew up in a small town. Everybody's talking about everybody's business. Everybody feels like it's their job to get involved. Um, and it's because people loosely know each other and try to inject themselves in the concerns uh, of other people, which are really not their own to, to be in in the first place. And if it were their concern, they'd probably be involved before they hear it from a third party. Um, and, and a lot of times this gossipy attitude is is sort of uh, compelled by a level of curiosity. We, we kind of want to know what's going on with other people, and but we don't want to know. There, there's not enough of a burning desire in us to go directly to that person and ask them. We want to do it through these back channels. Now, small towns are, are notorious for this gossip, and in the same way, small churches are prone to this as well. There, we do have this level of connectivity, and, and we're not equally connected to everybody, right? I, I'm more... Um, in the loop with things that are going on in people, with people in my own missional community um, and and not so much with stuff that's going on. Now, this is a little bit different for me from a, as a pastor perspective where part of my job is to shepherd the f- uh, the flock of God and know what's going on. And so um, I'm having communication with, with your MC leaders and your MC leaders are updating me when things are pertinent. Um, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But there's a, a level of... Uh, a higher level of gossip that oftentimes goes on in smaller churches. And so for us, we must be extra on guard against these destructive sins because, excuse me, oh, I just like breathe in too fast. Because if we're not on guard, um, these small sins will compound and eventually bite and devour and will eventually end up destroying our church. It'll be a gradual destruction, but a destruction nonetheless. Now, these are grave errors. I mean, these are sins. Like, we have to understand it's, um, it's not a mistake. It's, it's a sin. This is cat- categorized as, as something that is done, um, that is an act of rebellion against God, and, and they are um, totally destructive. Yet, in the household of God, we must act and speak differently. We're commanded to. Um, and and part of this comes from realizing that discipleship is the process of increasingly submitting all of our life to Christ, um, and and that includes the tongue. That our tongues are submitted to Christ. Now, what James told us earlier was that this who can what man can contain his tongue? What man can tame his tongue? It's impossible. But um, we have the power of God at work in us through the power of the Holy Spirit, which is something that Spirit enables us to do to actually tame the tongue. Without the help of the Spirit, we can't do it. That's why. Gossip and, and slander are so re, uh, prominent out in prevalent out in the world. Yet in the church, we're called to be different. We're called to be set apart. We're called to be perfect as our, our Father in Heaven is perfect. And so we're to act differently um, as well. And so the process of this is we understand we're submitting to Christ. We're submitting our tongues to Christ. Um, before it gets to our tongue, we need to start by taking every thought captive. Every single thought we have... Um, every every little inclination we might have to jump in on a, a gossip bandwagon or slander, we have to first take that thought captive to Christ, as Second Corinthians ten five tells us. And and as we take our thoughts captive, we the the power of the Spirit functions as a, a gatekeeper of sorts of what comes out of our mouth. Now, again, tying this back to the character piece, um, it it come 
right speech is issued from a right heart. When our hearts are right with God, um, we don't feel the need to have to slander. We don't feel the need to have to gossip. We, we're we not going to use that in, in a tool in our tool belt of self-justification or tearing others down because our objective has changed to build one another's up and we're already justified by Christ. So instead, as we take these thought captives, we need to, um, we need to, find the good thoughts, the thoughts that are submitted to Christ, that are are good and true and beautiful. And and instead of of bad stuff getting out, we put out good stuff. Um, and so we've we've got to start asking ourselves in this this um talk of of taking thoughts captive, is this is what I'm thinking, is this productive? Is this life-giving speech? Is this going to build up a brother or will this tear them down? And then I think even getting the motives of the heart and asking what are my motives in, in wanting to participate in this conversation or wanting to say the things that I, I want to say. I've got to ask God, is this something that is good? Is this is this a righteous kind of talk or it is not? And, and then we must watch our speech. Um, Proverbs 21, 23 tells us, watch your words and hold your tongue. You'll save yourself a lot of grief. Now, I think that's true. Yes, you'll save yourself a lot of grief. And you're also going to save a lot of people a lot of grief as well. And so holding onto your tongue, taming your tongue, watching your words is something that will um, actually promote um, by by eliminating bad speech will promote health and, and vitality life in the church. Um now, we, we have this responsibility to watch our own speech, but we also must watch one another's speech. Now, this doesn't mean that um, that I play like a um, like a hall monitor of sorts of and, and, you know, there's some sort of rubric that somebody needs to go through before they can talk. However, um, if there is gossip or we find ourselves in a conversation that's that's on the borderline or, or just straight up is gossip or slander, we need to either one, exit the conversation and say, hey, listen, I'm just not comfortable talking about this kind of stuff with you. Uh, if I have questions about it, uh, I'm, I'm going to go to that person directly and talk to them. Um, but the other part is like, hey, y- you can confront that person and say, hey, I... I think you're starting to get on the verge of of gossip and in a way of of doing discipleship and taking responsibility for the other other people's discipleship, helping people see their own sinful tendencies in wrong and unrighteous speech. And so um, we have to. There is an element of taking responsibility for that. I'm not responsible necessarily for what they say, but I'm I'm responsible for helping them take responsibility for the things that they're going to say. Now I mentioned this earlier. Um, but there might be times where something gets said, we hear something, and it's it seems troubling or concerning. Um, it, it might be issued in a unhelpful, in a uh, in a sort of a context that's not good, but we're still left thinking about that thing. And in those cases, it's our responsibility to seek that clarification. If you hear something bad about somebody, instead of letting that thing now become the lens that you view them through, you need to go to that person and seek clarification. Hey, I I heard this. Can you help me understand what was going on there? And I think that's especially true in the case of slander and false witness because that, that is more destructive in nature or, or it's intended to... Um, destroy somebody's reputation. And so going directly to that person and asking for clarity is going to be one of the ways that we fight against the sin of slander. Um, now, because the household, the people of God are, are called to live differently, the household of God is characterized by the a- absence of gossip and slander. And that, But what that doesn't mean is that we don't ever talk about other people. Um, what we want to do is learn how to talk 
about other people in an appropriate way. Now, this is where things like I mentioned earlier that um, a lot of times people are like, man, um, you know, I don't know if if my pastor knows what's going on. I, nine times out of ten, I know um, what's going on. If you, if you shared that within the context of, of missional community and it's a big enough issue, it's because um, you, your MC leaders have been asked to share information that's pertinent to us as the shepherds of the flock um, to take care of your soul. And, and, and a lot of times we are are offering counsel. If, if it doesn't warrant um, a conversation with a pastor, we're offering counsel to your MC leaders on how they can help you navigate through something that's going on um, in your life. Um, and so we're, we're this is this is maybe just an easy way to think about it. Seeking counsel um, is is going up the tree. Okay. Um, and what I mean by that is that if, if, um, something gets shared in missional community, um, and, and you've got a concern about it and, and you can't go directly to that person or don't know if it's, it's appropriate to go directly to that person and talk about it. Um, a good place to go would be to your MC leader or to your pastors and say, Hey, I've got the situation I need some counsel on. Um, can you help me navigate it? And that way you're going up the tree. You're taking the, the information up the telephone pole, so to speak. Gossip tends to to go down. So if if that were to be um, somebody shares something at MC and then you go talk to your neighbor about somebody else's problems or something, that that would be gossip. Or even it, there might be situations where talking about it as an MC or with other MC members, um, if not with the intent of of helping this person, could could also be categorized as gossip as well. And so we we don't want to. Um, we don't want to take information down. We want to take it up and seek counsel in the appropriate ways. Um, and, and specifically, avoid talking about things with other people that, that this conversation doesn't pertain to. Um, and I think there, there, there's another helpful thing to, to dis- make a distinction here. Um, that like in situations like pastoral counseling, where we sit down, maybe you're, you're struggling with anger or bitterness or something, and we're sitting down and we're trying to unpack the story and the, unpack your experiences so far to help you make sense of things. Um, that kind of talk, as long as you're going through the proper channels, doesn't fall into that category of gossip and slander. That That's in under the category of, of counsel. Now, you could... You could uh, in the pursuit of acquiring counsel, could quickly, um, and, and this again deals more with the heart, easily slide into gossip and slander. Um, but just simply talking about how things, at least how things have unfolded according to your perspective, um, you, you may need to sit down and talk with the appropriate people. Um, and a lot of times when that happens, it's indicating that person is trying to take responsibility for what happened to them and find healing in the gospel, right? And so um, it's not that we never talk about nothing. It's not like we have the silence code where we just don't talk. There, there are specific appropriate channels to take information to in the pursuit of, of seeking counsel. And and so then um, we talked about taking responsibility for your own tongue, um, helping take responsibility for the tongues of other people. Um, and, and I think part of that too is, is just even realizing that um, if, if you hear that, like you, you have a responsibility to not let gossip and slander take root in your own heart. Um, and so doing what you can pr- through prayer, through forgiveness, through going to the source um, to eject the, that falsehood that wants to dwell in your heart, th- that is part of your responsibility as well. Now, not only is the household of God characterized by the absence of gossip and slander, um, it is replaced with um, honorable speech 
of our brothers and sisters. Romans 12, 10 says to, to love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Now, this means what we should be doing, this kind of speech that we should be having about other people. It should be, we should be uh, bragging about God's work in that person's life. We should be speaking highly of other people. Now, it doesn't mean go make up phony things um, just to say nice things about other people. It's not like um, in the movie Elf, you know, where um, Buddy the Elf is realizing he's a human and has never really fit in, and they're all like, of course, Buddy, you, you bring so much to the table, and they make up a bunch of these bogus um, affirmations about, you know, why they they like him. It's not that we do that. We need to find the good work. God is at work in every person. Um, God is doing things uh, in each Christian, and we need to identify those things that God is doing and learn how to offer encouragement and speak highly of that, even even when it's not fully what we hope to see yet. And then our conversations go along the lines of helping people move along in faith, um, move along in their sanctification so that we can say even more good things about what God has done in their life. And and so that that that's the difference between the world and the church. Um, we, we eject the gossip, the slander. Instead, we speak of each other honorably. And as we do that, we find that the family of God can begin to function well. Um, we displace some of the um, suspicions. We dispish, uh, displace some of the... Um, maybe inaccurate views that we have of one another. And instead we love one another from sincere hearts and build one another up in truth and in love. Right. Um, and so that, that's what we want to do. That's why we're saying, Hey, if, if you're going to gossip and slander, you're going to destroy your church. You're going to destroy your MC. You're going to destroy the people that, that you are in community with. And so the question that I want to leave you with here, as I wrap it up here is, is this something that you struggle with? Are, are gossip and slanders sin that, that pop up in your life on a regular basis? Do you need to repent of this? And, and if you do those things, then yes, you do need to repent of this. Um, acknowledge that tendency that you have. Seek the Lord. Seek counsel. Um, and and you may need to repent in a public way or re- repent to the people that you have slandered or you've gossiped about or the people that you have gossiped to um, and and express your contrite heart and repent of those things. Um, and then if you're harboring suspicions based on slanderous comments, man, you got to get those out. Um, that That's going to be detrimental um, to trusting and, and doing community with one another. And, and you don't want to let that sin dwell in you. Repent, receive the grace of Jesus Christ, and walk in the forgiveness of sins and a new life that the Spirit leads us into. And in that, God builds up the body of, of Christ for His glory for our good. And so that's what I wanted to talk about today. Gossip and slander are ways to destroy your church, but by the power of the Spirit, we are able to tame the tongue. We are able to speak honorably of one another, truthfully and in love, and God blesses that work and builds up the church. And that's something that I want to see more of. Um, It's something that I want you to be part of. And so let us together put our sin to death, to walk in righteousness, and to give the glory to God. I'll see you guys on Sunday.